Warning. 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 The Freestyle Club contains adult language. It is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. This is Freestyle Club with your hosts, the unknown admin, Rafael Reyes, and CPR, Jose Ortiz. This is the Freestyle Club. Topic of the week. Let's talk freestyle. Freestyle. This week's topic of the week is the state of the freestyle address. We have K7 on the third chair. Of course, we have the unknown admin, Rafael Reyes. So as you see it, K, how do you see the state of freestyle right now? Because there are many people out there that are performing, whether it be new or old school, and many are not putting in as much work as you're putting into your shows. This is how I feel. This music thing, it's about taking five-year plans and making those five-year plans work. The first five years should have been getting that record. The second five years should have been a hit record. The third five years should have been making it so that you can have another 10 to 20. If you want examples of that, if you look at the Motown sound, the Four Tops still perform, the Temptations still perform, these people are still out there doing what they do. If you want to look at it in reggaeton, Evie Queen, Daddy Yankee, We Seen Yandel, uh, Don Omar, Tego is still out there. Those are the original core five of the sound. And then others came up and started creating as well. Those new guys work because the foundation is intact. And yes, other people could come and you can you can try to like destroy what was there before, right? Or you can try to say that this has no value, but they protected what was important for them. They protected reggaeton. Freestyle has no protection. Freestyle is people fighting amongst themselves and stopping themselves from getting to another level. Freestyle is people choosing sides or staying silent as horrible things are happening to other people. Within freestyle is a high school mentality. There is that bully that's bullying kids, but the kids that could do something to stop it turn a blind eye or say, well, you know, they're both my friends. I'm going to play neutral because I like them both. Knowing that there's something wrong being done, but staying silent doesn't help the person who's being beat up or the person who's being shunned. What it does is you make the other person stronger. You give validity to the invalid. And I see that. I see that the bullies are now the ones that are looked upon as the heroes and the ones to follow. And the people that are trying to do the correct thing are the ones people are always going against. You could talk facts about our music, but if you have somebody that's trying to bully their thoughts and they're trying to bully their narrative, sometimes those people get through faster than a person that's taking their time trying to give factual information. I said to myself when this first started, I'm like, the only thing that I need to do is do what I do, perform. In my performance, I'm giving you my proof of who I am. I'm giving you the proof of what I do. I'm not saying I'm the best performer. I'm saying that you can tell who was who and what was what from what I was doing. According to many people who have come to the Freestyle Club, people that have been on my show throughout the years, they always say that, you know, when it comes to top performances in our genre of music, that TKA is top three. Why doesn't that transfer now in 2018? Why are people not putting in the work that you're putting in at this time? A lot of my peers are changing the dynamic of what their shows are. I've seen a lot of people changing that actually the better. In the new school, with all due respect, this is their time. It's been their time for the longest time. The shows that the majority of us do are oldie shows. 
Let's be honest. They're old. They're nostalgics, right? They're nostalgic shows. So we do, you know, we do these major performances that are oldie shows. We're, we're out here performing our hits for the fans. It's right? the WWE Hall of Fame series. Yeah, you can say that. You can say that. It, that that's a that's a cool narrative to use, but and we're out here performing now. The new music that's coming out, the new music that's coming out, some of it merits attention. Some of it merits proper attention. Some of the groups that are doing it merit proper attention. But to but what good is leaving a legacy behind if the next generation is not going to use that example to make themselves better? I see groups out there that have a great song, and then when I see them perform. It breaks my heart to see that they're not really doing much but going up there to sing a song. And we live at the time where the attention span is only five seconds long. That's why these false narratives win, because people don't have the attention span to really go dig to find out the truth. They only want to absorb what's in your face right now. There's a million chicks in the world that are better looking than Kim Kardashian, that are more exotic looking than Kim Kardashian, that have body realer and sexier than Kim does. But we'll never see them because Kim stays in our face, stays in our face in a way that obstructs us from seeing everything else. Does that make sense? You know, I hear all the time, how does this guy get booked and this guy's trash and, you know, it's but because the, the guy's hustling and something and, and the more talented guys are just laying back wondering why the phone is not ringing and it, it don't make sense. Look, why is the guy that's less talented out there on, on social media getting booked wherever, you know, and, and you're home waiting for the phone to ring? Get out there, man. Hustle. Get your grind on. You can't I, complain unless you try. You're not I, trying. Last year, I watched a video, and I'm going to describe this video. I'm not going to name names. I'm going to describe this video. The lineup was full of legends. The lineup was chuck full of legends. And the people that they decided to be the closing act were not better performers than, didn't have better material than everyone else on the lineup. And I thought it was so disrespectful to all the other acts that the promoters did that. And when the promoters do things like that to an act, they make, they kill the motivation of an act. So let's say, I'll give you a prime example. When I go to the West Coast, I'm, I'm not a headliner. TK is more East Coast. Stevie B is the king of the West Coast. I am not going to lie to you. So Stevie B closes in the West Coast. We come in maybe third to last at the most, maybe fourth to last, depending if Expose is on the show or if Taylor Dane's on the show with us. When that happens and other groups are there, when it happens in the East Coast and you have that happen to a group that no vale la pena is not a group that really merits that type of attention. It leaves a bad name to, to freestyle. It hurts freestyle. People don't see it. See, what people see is, oh, we're all booked. We're all booked together. We should all be happy that we're all booked. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy I'm working. But I know that the only way that I'm going to continue to work is if we're surrounded by the cream of the crop. Do you understand? If we start surrounding ourselves by the people who are not uh, doing well or do not care or are doing half-ass, then it's never going to be great. You know, if we don't study history, we're doomed to repeat it, right? And that's what happened to Freestyle when it died the first time. It was just watered-down garbage that was coming out. Yes, and here's the thing. Jose has recordings of me saying this. There was a time where we used to complain about the record labels picking 20 bad acts and putting out 20 bad songs and rushing to the radio station and the and the radio you know radio station promoter looking at it but now what happens is 
there's good songs out there. But people are t- paying attention to the to the BS. So the songs get swept under the rug. And the DJ, who was an important part of the freestyle history, doesn't pay attention anymore because he's like, oh my God, I got a choice whether to play a, 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 the new Takashi record that's going to be asked for by my audience. And I use Takashi as a great example, you know, compared to freestyle. I'm giving you the bottom of the barrel to a, a hip hop pr- programmer or a radio station program director. He has a new Takashi record or he has a new freestyle record by uh, Jupy Jupe. He goes, ah, this Jupy Jupe record sounds cool, but I'm going to get more requests from teenagers and some 40 somethings for this Takashi record. So I'm going to play the Takashi record. Where does freestyle get stuck? Who remembers freestyle then? They don't think about it like that. When they go, I want to be the opening act to a freestyle concert, and they get allowed to come in, those random acts that do and don't try or get into some mess and stay behind the scenes dealing with the nonsense, do you think you're going to be looked upon or shined upon? There's artists out there that I believe should be on these shows that are not on these shows. Why doesn't Sal book any of these new school freestyle artists on these fever shows? Because there's no time and the schedule to put them on. When you have Noel, TKA, Judy Torres, George Lamont, Lizette Melendez, Coro, Cynthia, Johnny O, when you got all these people in the lineup and each one of those acts is 20 minutes long, 20 to 15 minutes long, you got Lisa Lisa and Stevie B, right? You got all these people. Where do you put them? When your show begins at 7 and it's supposed to end at 11 o'clock, you don't have time and the schedule to put them in. I want you to think of it this way. Why would any new school freestyle act want to be on an oldies bill? Don't be on an oldies bill. Because it's already done for them. That's the problem, that it's already done for them. They don't want to do their own thing. I mean, right. let's go back again, history. Niobe, how many performances does she have to do for free just to be heard? Dude, let me tell you, free? is the word in the music business that will always be used, always. You can never stop doing free shows. Someone, eventually, someone's gonna ask you to do a free show. Free is part of the promotional business of music. There's a guy right now, Christian won the golden buzzer. I think it was from Simon, gave him the golden buzzer. Singer, incredible kid. He's an opening act, an incredible singer. He sings better than every single freestyle artist old and new that I've ever met. Old and new that I've ever met. Professional and newbie. That's a big statement, right? Kids in opening act. one wish right now this second to make something come true for yourself what would you wish right this second yes probably the golden buzzer <laughs> well your wish just came true A lot of these groups are spending money, right? These new groups are spending money to get themselves a brand new freestyle record. They want to get it out. They want people to hear it. They want, they're spending money to do so, right? Here's the thing. 
Now you got a record. Why do you want to go to someone who's going to tell you, I'm, I don't know if I could put you on a time slot, but I'll keep you in mind. And then a year goes by and they haven't put you on the time slot. How's about this? How's about you book all the theaters up and down the West Coast or the East Coast and you start doing freestyle shows in the markets that play freestyle? Or how's about booking Knights of Columbus's all up Connecticut and, uh, you know, Jersey and, and New York and start doing freestyle shows where you're there? How's about that? No one's putting them, you know, their money where their mouth is in the sense of believing in themselves to do that. No one is hustling to be an artist. And then the people that are hustling to be an artist, a lot of them who are great get forgotten. There are great singers out there that were great singers and had, had great albums and had great hits that would love to come back today. They can't get put on one of the oldies, 80s to, to, to the 90s shows. They can't get put on a South show. We're lucky enough to get the spots ourselves. I'm... I'm happy to be working, knock on wood. A lot, a lot of these people who are out here are, are, are lazy and don't believe in their real true dream. If you really want to sing freestyle and you believe in freestyle, put your money where your mouth is and start putting out this music, not just by putting it out, because it's the easiest time to put out music. It's the easiest time for it to get on the internet. It's the easiest time for it to be noticed. But put it out and get others you know put it out and start performing performing it without thinking that you're going to get money back invest in yourself by going out there and realizing that you're going to have to drive a couple of hours to a place that you don't know get up on a stage that you didn't expect to be on without nobody else helping you without a big name in front of you and you gotta let people know that you exist you gotta you know you gotta be a politician <laughs> That's a good way of thinking about it. Freestyle is politics. You got to go out there. And as opposed to letting the false narrative be the thing that consumes you and be the thing that stops you from becoming famous because too many people are paying attention to the false narrative, you got to let your music speak for itself. You got to push so that your music speaks. We have how many uh, freestyle uh, pages are there online? At least 100. At least 100 on Facebook, right? Because, uh, you know, half of them are dead, but they're still out there, you know? Each of those pages at least has the minimum of 5,000, maybe, and, and the most, 20,000, unless they, they bought their numbers where their numbers are, are sky high and extra nominal. <laughs> I'm glad you said bought the numbers because that's what's happening in freestyle. You know, it, it's the fake it to the make it mentality is killing it, in my opinion, you know? Then, um, honestly, the JIT groups... With uh, five to ten thousand, I would say there's maybe a dozen. Okay, I, I want I want you to know this: the realest numbers in freestyle right now, and I'm going to tell you who they are: Judy Torres. That is the true realest number in freestyle. No freestyle page, freestyle page, meaning not an axe page. I'm talking about I'm I'm talking about the made up pages. Hula hoop with freestyle.com. The actual artist page. Yeah, well, out of the actual artist page, the realest numbers are Judy's. Oh, I believe it. You know why? I'll tell you why. Because Judy works on the radio. And every week, Judy's on that radio station and she's talking. So every week, somebody turns around and, and, and goes to that page because they like something that Judy says on the radio. And they log on. And they click on and they follow Judy because that's the personality that you like. 
I'm not on radio. Georgia's not on radio. Look at our numbers. Those are real numbers. We didn't buy those numbers. Look at, you know, and then look at the look at the numbers on everybody else. You'll know which ones are the real numbers and which ones are the false numbers. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, it, Jose and I have been saying this a long time, especially with iRadio stations, the same thing. It is, it is as plain as day those numbers are real. People buy false numbers now because they want to give a false narrative. They want to pretend that they're higher and bigger than the other person. People that click on to watch what you do, um, yeah, you know, those numbers could fudge. Some, sometimes those numbers are real that people would click on to watch you. That's not to say that everything that you do is watched that way, but it's to see that sometimes, you know, some of those live views, when, when like Sal will, will play one of our live shows, some of those views are real, real views, but those are not followers on his page. Those are people that got to see it because, you know, they, they were scrolling and, you know, on, on the side of the news feed popped up that Sal Abatello's showing TKA live or Cynthia live. And then, you know, it'll seem like he got a quarter of a million followers. That may be true numbers, but that's not true numbers that transfer onto his page to get followers. We live in a time of a click and sometimes those clicks, the clicks don't don't turn into real personal page clicks. I talk to every day of the week. I talk. I talk to at least one internet guy or one internet a page creator that tells me something about how people fix it. Look, all these booty models, they don't have millions of followers like that. They don't. Oh, they, everything's bought. Yeah, it, you know, uh, all those numbers are bought. Listen, e even uh, there was a board of direct, um, um, a member of the board of directors of Twitter who had to admit that she bought her followers. And she works for Twitter. Yeah. So go figure what, you know, everyone's doing it. They, they do it all the time. It's become the norm. Most of these people falsify their uh, information to make themselves look more grandiose. And every time they do it, it, it's to make themselves look better. It's like a meme. You know, when someone posts a meme, the meme is meant to get attention. And they may be just tossing a story up in the wind. It may be a general specific thing. And we all of a sudden, you know, a, a meme will make you think, oh, he's talking about me. So all of a sudden beef is created because you think that the person's talking about you and he's probably not. Maybe he's talking about his wife. Or maybe he's talking about the guy, his neighbor. He's maybe not be talking about the person that you think it is. And so, you know, sometimes people throw in those indirects and all these things are the things that have our community because our community is a passionate Latino community with some people who are not lat Latinos, but the majority of our people are Latinos. And Latinos, we are hot-blooded, hot-headed people who, you know, want to be believed and, and, and want the story to be true. When we lie, we fight hard for people to believe the lie. When we tell the truth, we fight hard for people to believe the truth. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like it's either way. Like for me, I realize that if I get within this situation, it's not going to be healthy for anybody, especially not me. It's not going to be healthy for me because I don't. I'm not trying to create a war. I'm trying to oh. make my money and make my music and reach as many people as I possibly can as long as it possibly can. My dream was to work. As long as Mick Jagger's doing it, I want to do it as long as Mick Jagger did it. <laughs> 
subscribe to the Freestyle Club podcast, theunknownadmin.com, and cprsmusic.com. Before we run out of time, I do want to go back and circle back to the TKA alphabet. And uh, a lot of people have been uh, curious and still to this day what want to know what happened to TKG. Did you guys record music? Is it ever going to be released? How do you guys get together? How did you guys break up? Um, they want to know everything about that. They still want to know. I hope that deep inside you know it's me crying. the story in a nutshell when angel was asked to not be in the group anymore there was a void there initially i was going to be the one to leave because i was the one who had established himself already outside the group but the weekend that i told tony that i was going to leave tony turned around and told me he had a better idea and to meet him on 86th street on monday and i said okay it was a friday we were doing beatstock saturday and sunday um, and he said, meet him there on Monday. So I did exactly that. So we sat there and we were talking at Pizzeria Uno. And he says, how's about we bring somebody else in? And I said, you know, I don't know. You know, I, I, I was already beginning to convince myself to go and just do it by myself again. And then in comes G. And I'm going to be honest with you. The person I most respect next to Judy Torres and, and next to the girls from Sweet Sensation is G. Like, He's, he's a guy that I admire. You know, I love everyone. I love Cynthia. You know, I love Lizette. I love Coro. Coro's a really good friend. And Suave is like my, my brother. But, you know, George is, to me, you know, vocally, he's a mark of excellence. To say that we would be a group together was like a dream come true for me. So I was like, all right, cool. I mean, you know... I could imagine George singing the songs that I didn't sing. And then I could imagine us doing songs together that would be great. At the time, I was divorcing my second wife, which is my my uh, my middle child's mother. And I was in between homes. I lived in College Point and I had moved to Richmond Hill, Queens. And, you know, I had gotten out of one relationship and was starting another. And I didn't know I didn't know which way was up. So I was a mess. In between that, we were recording, you know, demos, and I'm trying to get my act together, and I'm trying to establish what I'm doing. And we started recording these songs. We start, we worked with P Version, who is still 17 years later my 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 music production partner. We worked with uh, a couple of unknown known guys, and then what I consider the curse of TKA um, started springing up. And the relationship between me and George was always. A great relationship but the the what started happening from my point of view was just like we spoke earlier there's always people that get in your ear and make you feel 
you know, something totally different than the honest to God truth. Some people work best when they are manipulating a situation or when they are in control of manipulating a situation. So uh, a situation started getting manipulated. At the time, we were recording English songs. We weren't recording any Spanish songs. We, we got approached about George doing a solo album because we started hanging out with Mark Anthony and we got approached about George doing a solo album and them trying to get Mark Anthony to get Sergio George involved and George's relationship with Sergio George to do a Latin album. And they said, do you want TK to go Latin? And I didn't want TK to go Latin. I wanted, that was George's thing. I didn't want to interfere in George's thing. I wouldn't want George to interfere in my K7 thing. I didn't want to interfere in his George Lamont thing. So I said, no, I, I don't want TK to do a Latin album. I would love to work with Sergio, but not on a Latin album. That's all I said, because I didn't want to, because in my personal opinion, I didn't want to interfere with what was happening for George. You think the experience uh, put a hit on your relationship? With me and G? Yeah. I didn't think so, because I thought that where, where, where I said no to doing a TKA Latin album, I think that was a smart choice for not only TKA, but I thought it was a smart choice for George Lamont. George was no, George had a mega record in Latin, and George was a star in Latin. Like, why, why make him part of a group, you know, that does Latin? Like, it, if I'm going to join a group, right, I'm going to join a group that I can do something totally different than the stuff that I do outside of that group. If Kango from UTFO and, and Grand Poobah from Brand Nubians called me up tomorrow and said, yo, let's go do, let's go do a, a, a boy band that consists of singing and rapping. Okay, well, that's different than, you know, than, than TKA, right? It's t something totally different than TKA, and it's it's being produced in a totally different way that's not going to interfere with whatever I did over here. So, okay, I can go do that. But when you're known for a particular thing, and that's where you carved your niche, and then the new thing that you're doing is being offered to be put in what your niche is, that would be that would be an uncomfortable situation. That that would make, I, I you know, for me, I felt like I was making the right choice. Of course, I would love to do a Latin album with. If he would have came to me like six months before George was in the group and said, "Let's do a Latin album," I would have jumped at the chance. But, All right. So, did you guys ever go into the the studio and record anything? The TKG album. There's ten songs. I listen to the demos every like six months. I stop and I listen to it. There was some good songs. <laughs> There. Oh, I'm glad that you get to listen to it, but as, as a fan, are we ever going to listen to it? Um, George has a copy of it, and I have a copy of it, and I think uh, Tony Ortiz has a copy of it, and, you know, I think we'd all have to come to agree. All the songs were incomplete, and they were rough mixes. None, none of them was, a, you know, except for one song that George did. Uh, none of them were mixed down, a master to nothing? None of them were mixed down, and here is the kicker. None of them not one, not one, not even close, not even a derivative of was a freestyle record. So here's something, here's something. There goes the interest of everyone to want to hear it because, right. because now the pressure of, oh, I want to hear the TKG album. Now the pressure goes away because now it, it says, oh, it wasn't, it wasn't a, a, a freestyle album. No, it wasn't one front. It wasn't one freestyle record on it. I can, I can hear people stopping the, the interview right now. They're yeah. done. They're walking away. They're walking yeah. away from the podcast right now. Jose, as a matter of fact, Jose, I, I know I'm going to see you when we do Mohegan Sun. 
I'm going to bring a copy of the entire thing and backstage, I'm going to play it to you from beginning to end. You tell me if any of those songs is a freestyle. Here's my follow-up question. If there was a deal on the table for you to work with Sergio George. I never saw it. If there was a deal on the table with paperwork for me to work with Sergio George, I never saw it. And here's the thing. I never, ever had a one-on-one conversation with Sergio George. Other than two years ago, when I went to the Mark Anthony concert in Radio City, where he sold out the entire weekend, the first night I went there, sat third row with my wife next to Mark Anthony's father and Sergio George, and we watched the entire show from root to two, went backstage at Radio City Music Hall, hung out there with Mark, AJ Calloway from Access Hollywood. We all hang out together. And there I saw Sergio. That's the first time that Sergio and I, face to face, other than hello and goodbye, had a conversation. And the conversation consisted of, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Fine. It's good to see you. It's great to see you. I hope everything is well with you. I hope everything is well with you. That's the extent of me ever having a conversation with Sergio George. People were listening to the interview that I did with George Lamont, and that was mentioned during the interview. So they tried to use that as another new narrative to put more heat on you for being TKA. For these people, there's nothing that I can say or do that is going to make them change their opinion of me. Like, if I turned around tomorrow and, you know, quote-unquote became what, you know, what everyone would want someone, you know, of of the stature of a a Cynthia George, a Mia, Judy, it's, you know, a a Coro, you know, a, a Noel... If one of us is going to turn into the freestyle messiah, if it would happen, if it happened to be me, which is not, but if it were me, they they would be like blasphemy. He's evil. He's satanic. And I go, I'm the guy that minds his business, goes on stage, does what he has to do, tries to give you all of him. I'm the one member of this group that wrote more freestyle records, recorded more freestyle records, and killed himself to do so. And yet I'm still the bad guy. I'm the poster boy for freestyle hate. When I answer it, I answer it intellectually. I don't answer it negatively. I don't insult anybody. I don't try to run anybody under the mud. I just try to tell factual stuff. Tomorrow morning, there'll be false narrative about me for like three days. And there'll be a definite get out of here conversation. Um, The animosity that people will use to and exploiters that people use to make themselves look higher while i'm sitting there going i'm not talking online i talked one time because i was asked questions not because i wanted to answer these questions but i've always been truthful i've always said my piece i've never tried to start any problems with anybody subscribe to the freestyle club podcast the unknown and cprsmusic.com we talked a lot today and i just want to end it going back on topic by asking k if anything outside of tka if there's anything in freestyle that that's not sitting well with him you know that leaves a bad taste in his mouth that he's looking at and saying you know like what the fuck's going on over here or why did that person do that or anything it, it, you know, with the it, artists or, or the djs or you know there's anything here's this we owe everything to these fans these fans keep this music that for most is passe a lot they come they pack these places they support us they buy merch that you know from acts that haven't had a hit record in over 20 years or more we can't ask 
much more of them than what they're already giving. We have to give them the best of us. And we should be giving stuff to them more than trying to take away stuff from them. And I, I think that that's the best way that I can say it. I'm watching um, the broad spectrum of what freestyle is. And, and I go, freestyle is successful in Brazil. The freestyle that we know and love is dying here. And it's dying because of us, because we're not taking care of it. Like we didn't take care of it the first time. We're not taking care of it again. This is the Freestyle Club. Pick hit of the week. My pick hit of the week is George Lamont's brand new song. You like that. That's it's, the it's, it's actually called a cry for love. So she's doing the right thing. That's right. Cry for love. She's crying for right. love. Hey, that's a great segue, Blue. See? <laughs> I love you, Mama. Okay, tell them where they can find you. They can find me at, at K7TKA on Instagram and K7KAYSEVENTKA on Facebook. I don't run Facebook. You can follow me on Instagram. Um, my page is a dictatorship, not a democracy. So if you bring hate to my page, you're gone. Well, thank All you right? so much for joining us tonight. All right. Thank you. Rafael Reyes, what is your pick hit of the week? My pick hit of the week is I'm Crazy For You by Map Style and Gift Collier. And uh, I really had to look for this one. I couldn't find it anywhere on, on YouTube. It only has eight views. But I did find it on, on DJ Papa C's Freestyle Jam Volume 18. And you can find them on SoundCloud. Big props to Papa uh, C for finding this because I couldn't find it anywhere. I don't know anyone else who's playing it. This is I'm Crazy For You. I'm crazy for you. My pick hit of the week is Natalia Be Strong featuring Julia Mena. Is the Freestyle Club. You can catch me at cprsmusic.com. Where can we catch you, Raphael? You can find me on theunknownadmin.com. And since I did get my Ragnarok skin, you can now find me playing Call of Duty Blackout Beta. Until next time, CPR saying goodbye. And remember, peace, love, and freestyle. <laughs>